Starting FA season two, we have very two special guests we're here today. First and foremost, you know, we got UCLA women's basketball in the house, of course. The legendary one and only coach Corey Close. And then we also have our NIL athlete this year, Imari Thomas. Ladies, how you guys doing today? I'm awesome. I'm feeling like I'm the lucky one here. So thank <laughs> you for having uh, me. But to be a part of, I love what you guys did with Imari and that she was your first NIL athlete. I think, uh, that's that says a lot about you all and uh and you know just the way that you're uh venturing your business and so it's an honor to be with you absolutely i appreciate it thank you i'm doing great as well i'm excited uh for today absolutely great to hear that too amari so you know going into obviously you face stands for unbreakable faith you know i had an opportunity to follow up with you guys pretty much all throughout the season you know following amari as well you guys had a lot of unbreakable faith moments throughout the season obviously dealing with COVID 19 suspending games, um, even postponing games. Um, you know, obviously many, many injuries throughout the whole season you guys had to deal with. Despite all those things, you guys continue to push through, made it to the semifinals of the NIT tournament. Of course, only lost by three points in a uh, very tough game. Starting with Coach Indy Mark, what was your guys' take on this season? And how did you guys manage to keep the faith, you know, push through those tough times and adversity? Well, I think, you know, I don't want to sugarcoat it. It was really, really hard, you know. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think it goes back to, you know, the verse in the Bible where it talks about his ways are higher than our ways, you know, mm. and that, um, that you know, I don't see the whole picture in my human form. And right. so to be able to say, to trust that, you know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And then that next part, lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will mm. make your path straight. And so, I think for, for me as a leader, it was constantly going back to what do I know to be true, even what I cannot see or feel in my mm -hmm. own human strength or my flesh. And so, um, you know, just and also knowing that um, he, he, he commands me to consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the yep. testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance mm -hmm. have its perfect result that you may be perfect, lacking in nothing. But I'd be lying to you if I said that was fun or if, it, if that's what I wanted. It's not what I wanted. And it was mm -hmm. difficult and the mo the most difficult of my career, actually. Um, wow. But that's where it comes down to unbreakable faith. Right. If there you wouldn't need unbreakable faith if there was never adversity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I think it's an opportunity for me as a leader to have God get into those places in my heart that need endurance, that need that uh, wisdom, that need that uh, deeper faith. Um, and mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm, I'm imperfect and I failed a lot of days, but I also know that his ways are higher than my ways. Absolutely. Mari? I definitely would say, uh, she summed it up pretty well. It just, it took having faith every day to be able to come back and not know what you were going to get. Um, mm -hmm. but knowing that you just needed to show up. And for me personally, it was just a year of forcing me in to grow out of uncomfortable situations. And one thing that I wanted to do while I was here was continue to grow my faith. And honestly, I think God gave me this extremely tough year, unexpected year um, to force me to continue to grow. And uh, as I reflect now at the end of the year, um, I know that this is only going to make me stronger and help me for not only the rest of my career in basketball, but just the rest of my life. 
Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, I'm glad you kind of both pointed that out because, you know, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 is probably one of my favorite verses, if not um, the favorite verse of mine. So, you know, a lot of times when we're faced with those tough times and adversities, we might not understand it, but we we have to keep the faith. Like we have to keep going and continue to, you know, show up to practice, continue to put your extra reps in after practice. Like, you know, you're the best player in the world. I mean, a lot of times when we face those adversities and we don't continue to push through, that's when, you know, we're ain't we're not able to get to that next point that God has for us. We're unable to get to the next step that God has for us. So I'm definitely glad you um guys both emulated that obviously in the season and everything. And I um, can I just jump in on that one point real quick? Absolutely. I just think it's appropriate in the uh you know, today Monty Williams was named the, you know, mm-hmm. NBA coach of the year. And I think yeah. back to something that he said a year ago. He says everything that you really want is on the other side of hard. And, uh, you know, and I look at how he's lived that in his own life and the loss of his wife and uh, how he has such a servant's heart and mindset to serve his players and a kingdom mindset. Um, But I just keep thinking that, you know, no one wakes up and says, oh, I hope it's as hard as possible. (laughs) No, I just really hope bring it on, you know. But the reality is if that we really want competitive excellence, if we want to learn to love and lead people well, if we want to make a true difference on the hearts of others, it really all lies on the other side of hard. And so mm-hmm. as much as in the moment, I would choose my own comfort, probably. Um, if I really want to be about impacting people's hearts and growing max to maximum abilities, then I got to be willing to lean into the hard and know that all the good stuff happens on the other side of hard. And and I think he, he has set a great example of that. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded of that this morning. So I wanted to share on that front. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you hit it, you know, round the top of the nail. I mean, pretty much you have to continue to push through because on the other side of heart is obviously success. We can't always see it, but that's where faith comes in. Obviously, continue to push through and believe that, you know, success is on the opposite side of heart. You know, obviously successful, you know, women in sports, you two both are Um, obviously coach, you know, many accolades, plenty of gold medals, you know, former Pac-12 coach of the year. Um, I think you're actually the co-recipient of the um, USA Player Development Coach of the Year as well. Um, obviously, Imari, you know, 50-point game at Cincinnati um, before even coming to UCLA, you know, Pac-12, all, all Pac-12 this year, as well as former AAC Player of the Year. You know, for you both, kind of starting with Imari and then Coach Close, what does that day-to-day vision for success look like for you both? You know, what are some of those goals and achievements that you guys wake up and say, okay, I got to, you know, make this happen each and every day? Uh, for me, I would say just like 1% better every day because mm-hmm. obviously you're not going to accomplish everything overnight. So like, right. and I feel like you're going to have your hard days. I mean, this year was probably my most inconsistent year that I had since I played in college. And mm-hmm. granted, I still got like a 12, all that good jazz, but you literally have to say to yourself like 1% better, 1% better. Because if I was just always focused on my end goal, I really wouldn't care about the process. And I used to right, like right. very, very like process oriented. And I think that that was something that um, I took away the most from my experience here is that being where my feet are with the process and not thinking about the end goal because you can't control the outcome all the time. And mm-hmm. that was like definitely my huge wide eye opening thing is that you're not going to be able to control the outcome all the time. So just get 1% better every day and just keep doing the work. I mean, I had goals, of course, to make the WBA and all that good jazz, but 
things don't always work out exactly the way that you planned for them to happen. So just mm-hmm. stay on the course and, and literally have a faith, trust in God, and just keep your head down, do the work. Absolutely. And Coach Close? You know, um, first of all, she may have not made the WNBA this year, but it's coming. And uh, I believe so, gonna, too. Yeah, I believe so, too. She's going to continue to improve as she focuses on that 1% better to lead her to where she wants to go. Um, but I'll show you this, and I think hopefully you can see it. But mm-hmm. on my wall over there, there's a shovel and a broom, and yeah. that's in my office. And the, and literally, I think you have to start with what's your definition of success, right? right. And I think when you talk about um, uh, you know your faith, you have to start from the inside, you know. And mm-hmm. so the broom is um, is a reminder to me um, to that there's it's from a book called Legacy. And it's, uh, you know, the most professional uh, sports team of all times. It's a, called All Blacks from, it's a rugby team out of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And their executives and their captains sweep the sheds every day. Mm-hmm. And so that broom is on my wall to remind me that it is not about me. It's about serving others. And, right. uh, and it's about, you know, how can I be a servant leader every day? And that, that's, that phrase is thrown around a lot. But like, how do I really live that? And that that's that's to me when I do that well, that's a really good definition of success. Did I mm-hmm. did I serve others? Um, did I make someone else's life better? Coach Wooden has a, a quote. He used to always say that you can't have a perfect day unless you give to someone else without any rec- um, expectation of anything in return. Mm-hmm. And that room is a reminder to me to serve. And the second thing is a shovel. And the I really want to um, champions are made here, we say at UCLA, but from the inside out, the process that Imari talked about, um, the reality for me is that if you want to see the fruit, you got to nurture the root. And so that that shovel is uh, to remind me that success is coaching people's hearts. Success mm-hmm. is caring about them as a human, their their heart and soul before I ever care about their jump shot. And, you know, Coach Wooden used to always tell me, he said, and if you do that well, usually their jump shot comes along just fine. And so, but honestly, those are, you know, I think you have to look at God's economy, right? And Mm -hmm. so for me, I want to be a kingdom transformational coach. And so that means loving people that are different than me. That means, um, you know, having a quest for excellence. It doesn't make you less competitive. God says, Mm -hmm. run the race that you might win. Um, It doesn't make you less competitive or less um, you know, desiring excellence. Um, actually, I think it fuels it, but it also doesn't define the outcomes do not define success for me. For mm-hmm. me, I define my success of to the level I was a servant leader and to the level I coached um, below the surface and so and nurtured the root. And so that's, I think, you know, that's how I define success is uh, every day. And I just believe the outcomes um, are a byproduct of how well I do that. Most definitely. Very, very great. Two points from you both just point out and um, a little bit, you know, kind of piggybacking on your comment, Coach Close. I think that is so key in 2022, because a lot of times people define success based upon personal achievements, personal accolades. Oh, I did this. I did that. I'm about to go do this. I'm about to go do that. But, you know, if we're kind of basing off the Bible, it's like, you know, you have to be a servant to others. You should you know, try to emulate success in the form of, you know, helping other people be successful, obviously what a coach does day in and day out. Um, and it's definitely good that you have that perspective pouring it into players each and every day. Cause I mean, I know coaches, you know, firsthand, you know, that aren't that way. And, yeah. you know, long-term wise, it's like, okay, we're trying to, 
you know, the kids come to you trying to get to the NBA, WNBA, where it's like, you know, for the ones who don't, you know, what do they have to go off of at the end of the day? And that's but even, um, even the ones who do. I've met a lot of really successful, uh, famous, mm-hmm. powerful, miserable people. Absolutely. In fact, I talked to a coach right after a national championship the day after and said, hey, how do you feel? I mean, just had the parade. We just had yeah. this, that and the other. And and to his credit, he was honest enough to say, you know what? I'm actually pretty shallow and lonely right now. Mm. You know, like wow. you, you put so much into that outcome thinking you're I, what I like to say is you climb the ladder of success and you mm-hmm. try to climb it, climb it, climb it. And then you reach the top of the ladder and realize your ladder's cl- leaning against the wrong wall. Mm. And right. I just don't want that to happen. You know, so, um, yes, I want to win a national championship, you know, in the in the middle of that of that shovel and that broom is a net that I hope mm-hmm. to cut, cut down the net someday to have that level of excellence. But the reality of it is that that is not going to define me. That's going to be a byproduct of coaching people's hearts right. And I don't want to be one of those powerful, famous, uh, you know, we're in, I live in Bel Air and we're at UCLA and I, right. I see all these NBA and actors and actresses. And, and most of them, um, I would say 70% of them, the more successful they are, uh, mm-hmm. the more miserable they are. And so because mm-hmm. they've realized their ladders standing against the wrong wall. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, uh, you know, kind of also going back to Mari's statement, too, just about, um, you know, obviously having dreams and aspirations of going to the W, um, you know, coming in from, you know, Stella Crit, Cincinnati to, you know, obviously playing very well. But you said it was a kind of down year for you. You know, I definitely think it's important also, you know, not to base, you know, the feelings, um, you know, the day to day, you know, emotions based upon like, oh, I didn't do this this season. I didn't get here. I didn't get there. Because like you're gonna, like you said, coach, you're gonna be miserable each and every day. You know, something I have to personally grow with as myself as an athlete too. Um, so I definitely think that's a very, very, you know, very key points you guys both pointed out. So you know, obviously, with you both being powerful women in sports, I personally think going into this next subject that a lot of progress has been made, but a lot of a lot of progress is still needs to be done. It still needs to be made in terms of women in sports. Um, just getting the respect that they deserve. As both, you know, two powerful women in sports, what are some of the challenges you guys both faced over the years and what would you like to see improve moving forward? Go ahead, Mari. Um, I would say over the years, just once you get to college, you start to see that they're trying to make it, you know, even out. But Mm -hmm. I just feel like from the littlest things to how we get to places and, and how much effort they put into like, our travel. Um, I think a prime example this year, and for me, this was my second year or third year actually playing in WNIT. And the men get a, such a different experience than we do because, like, theirs is sponsored by the NCAA. If you saw how much travel and the struggle for us to get places, you would think that we shouldn't have made it out of our first road game in WNIT. Yeah. And I think that's just like a small example of things that they can get better in and just like evening out the playing field and I also just feel like um, I want to become a sports agent and my major in undergrad was sports administration so I was able to see the collegiate side of sports and I think that um, even from an administration standpoint there's not a lot of women there's not a lot there's not a lot of women head coaches in basketball Mm -hmm. um, at a high level sometimes so I think just continuing to grow in that so young girls can see 
women in important positions and know that they can do that as well. Exactly. And they're not going to have to jump through a million hoops because they are a woman. If they're just as qualified, they should be able to hold that um, position for sure. Absolutely. Coach. Uh, you might not have enough time for me, but um, you know, I think that I try to live in this healthy tension of being thankful for how far we've come. Cause we have come yeah. a long way. You know, I remember when I played at UC Santa Barbara, um, you know, we would stay four to a room and the men would have two to a room. We would wow. drive places that where the men would fly. And and we've come a long way. We have exactly the same travel party here at UCLA, the exactly the same travel um, when we're in regular season. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was it was dramatic. Um, the NIT experience this year that Imari referred to. But I think it's bigger than that. I think we have to look at the systems. I think that's a. Um, a sort of a fruit. I think there is no distribution model for the NCAA tournament for women versus mm-hmm. men. So even mm-hmm. though the women outperformed the men um, in the Pac-12, for instance, the last two years in the NCAA tournament, two years ago, um, the men got over $40 million that got sent back to the conference um, wow. as a distribution model for their performance in the NCAA tournament. The women did even better Comparatively, in the tournament, we had two teams in the finals in Arizona and in Stanford and the eventual national champion, Stanford. Mm-hmm. And we got zero money sent back. And, you know, and the ratings were the best they've ever had. You know, corporate sponsorship, um, TV revenue, um, ticket sales, uh, experience of those people. There's some systems in place mm-hmm. that still need to be looked at with um, you know, I'm not interested in taking anything away from men's sports. I have a, I'm a huge fan. I love mm-hmm. it. But what we want to do is have the same opportunity to maximize our growth in the landscape that we're in. And mm-hmm. we want to actually be an asset. We want to be a new revenue stream um, for our athletic departments. But that's going to be hard to do until they invest and they see us on an equal playing field. The corporate side is way ahead of the collegiate side in mm-hmm. this way. Um, but, and we're making strides in the WNBA, but quite frankly, we have several uh, huge strides to go. Absolutely. And I definitely agree with that too, because it's actually interesting. We, um, we had Taja Cole, she played at Virginia tech and um, she was actually on our pockets last season. You know, I'm a big fan of Taja, you know, with her story, um, going overseas, come back home for a whole season and going back to the W, um, ended up making it with the Connecticut Suns. But I think she recently just got cut and, um, they're just now talking about expanding the WNBA because I think, and I think it's only about what eleven to twelve teams right now. It's a 12. very low number. It's yeah, twelve, right? Twelve, mm-hmm. right? So it's a very low number compared, obviously, to the NBA, who has way more teams. And I'm like, man, I wish, like, you know, somebody like that who is obviously qualified, you know, could have an opportunity on another team because it's like these rosters, so many cuts happen every single day. I'm like, oh my goodness, like people are getting cut left and right from these teams. And I definitely think it's important, obviously, Mari, what you touched upon too, just to, um, you know, have more women in those administrative positions, have more women in those powerful positions to be able to make those decisions. Like, okay, we're going to go ahead and add five to six more WNBA teams this season. We're going to go ahead and add, you know, more funding to, you know, these teams on the women's side that's performing just as better, you know, just as well, if not better than the men's teams as well. Um, So I definitely think that's, um, you know, like I said, we've made a lot of progress, but a lot of progress definitely still needs to be done on that side, of course. You know, obviously going into a conversation about NIL, you know, the NCAA just, you know, talked about it and got it into play last summer, I want to say. You know, so kind of going from a coach's perspective to a player's perspective, have you guys been able to manage NIL? Has it been, 
you know, getting in the way of like team activities or, you know, how have you guys been able to manage the NIL? Well, I have to give our players uh, props. Um, well, first of all, we're at the very beginning. We're in the infant stage of this, mm-hmm. but I think they have prioritized really well. And we also Absolutely. talked about a lot saying, okay, look, um, the reality is, is that, um, you know, we're not, no one's going to have generational money this first year from this, right? So mm-hmm. let's make sure our priorities in line. And then also let's not just talk about likes and monetization. Let's talk about impact. Let's talk about right. purpose. Let's talk about how do you want to serve the world? And then as you, as you live in your purpose and you, and your brand reflects uh, an authentic self of other centered and wanting to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Now you're able to partner with, with like-minded companies. Um, exactly. You're able to grow your following, not out of likes necessarily. Uh, that's a byproduct, but because you're making a difference, you're mm-hmm. impacting others. You're using your platform to be a servant or an advocate. Um, or, you know, fill in the blank that way. And so I was really proud of our players' perspective because they they really saw it as an opportunity to impact. And quite frankly, this is also something that I think is going to benefit women more than men. We are actually uh, have more um, NIL deals on the women's side of women's basketball than on men's basketball. 16% higher rate, actually. And so um, that's a, this is a tremendous thing. So I don't see it as a bad thing. I think like anything else, you need to have boundaries. You need right. to have accountability. You need to have a greater purpose if you're going to um, use it the right way. And especially for women um, to have an opportunity to increase their brand, to monetize, um, to to have an op- be entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. using their platform. I think it's a wonderful thing, but I think we're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. And we and I think you're going to see a huge influx in that. We even saw a huge influx in the springtime. I think we did over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in NIL deals since nice. the season's ended. So across our team. And so there's a lot of different opportunities there. But I think we're just getting started. And I just want to make sure our women uh, keep it in proper perspective. And mm-hmm. I, therefore, we can keep a good thing, a healthy thing and not have a have it turn to an unhealthy thing. Right, right, right. And obviously, Mark, before you speak, because that's kind of what I wanted to, um, you know, obviously get from a coach's perspective, too, because it's like, you know, I, um, you know, do my research. Obviously, we did a deal with um, Amari and everything. And, um, you know, within these articles I was reading, it's like, you know, you never want to have, you know, an NIL deal that's going to be too overpowering to the athlete. You know, mind you, they're a student athlete first. You know, they got class, obviously, the rigorous schedule of, you know, basketball as well. So I wanted to, you know, see like from a coach's perspective, has there ever been like, um, you know, any conflict in terms of the NIL getting in the way of, you know, day to day team activities and things of that nature, too? I only had one example and we had a major deal come across for one of our players this year and we allowed her to come a little bit later on a road game and Mm -hmm. meet us in the location. So she didn't have to miss any practices, Mm -hmm. but she didn't fly with the team. And so, and, you know, you have to make some of those give and take decisions, you know, but um, that was the only one that got in the way. Um, And she handled that really, really well, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, we, that was a mutually agreed upon decision and, and we did that, but, you know, I would like to think that I'm recruiting players who want to win first, that want to be loyal to UCLA first. And then we want to find ways to create win-wins to leverage the incredible LA market. It's the largest media market in the world for mm-hmm. a power five school. I want them to be able to understand all the opportunities that are in front of them, but I also want them to prioritize the four letters across their chest first. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Any more? Um, I think it's great. I think I'm happy that the NCAA decided to do it now. I feel like they could have done it a long time ago. <laughs> um, and I agree with Coach Tory that just for women, I think it's going to have the biggest impact um, for sure, just because we're able to, we've been able to so far just, you know, do so much with it already in only year one. I mean, I know mm-hmm. there's been players signing deals that for college players, it's, it's kind of crazy, you know, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And, um, I think what Coach Corey said, if you want to win first, it makes it pretty easy to balance, you know, because at the end of the day, we know our job is to play, you know, come to college to play basketball, play your perspective sport. So I think like when you have that in mind, it's really easy to balance. And UCLA actually did a good job of kind of preparing you to navigate what it's going to look like and they kind of help you. And I think if all the programs do that, I don't really think that there will be much problems with it. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, also a good thing too, like you mentioned, I mean, I wish we would have had it back in college when I was, uh, you know, my collegiate sport from 2014 to 2018. I'm like, man, like I definitely could have profited a lot just knowing how to market myself too. Um, but you know, better late than never. Um, so, you know, obviously it's definitely a great tool for a lot of athletes to use moving forward, obviously into their professional careers, you know, professional, um, you know, not only on the sports side, but just, you know, regular day jobs in general, just knowing how to be marketable, knowing how to present themselves and, you know, speak thoroughly from a young age, you know, a lot of the things that these NIL deals are actually, you know, allowing kids to do. Um, so I definitely think that's, uh, you know, it's still in the scratching surface, um, days and everything, but. I definitely see a lot of progress, you know, being made. And, um, you know, hopefully it does help a lot of athletes out, younger athletes and everything. So, um, well, Coach and Amari, you know, I won't take any more of your guys' time. I know it's very busy. Anything you guys would like to leave the fans with today? Um, I would say just always have faith. Um, I think what the brand stands for is honestly something that you could carry in your everyday life. And it's something mm-hmm. I remind myself of every single day. So just always have faith and, you know, stay the course. Yeah. Well said. Um, I think, you know, the reality is, is that um, faith is just the, by its definition, you know, by it's just the is um, really holding on to what you cannot see, you know, and and having hope for something that maybe you cannot feel in the moment. And uh, just I, I love that unbreakable faith. There's a warrior mentality that's a that's associated with that. And so uh, as imperfectly as we venture down that path. Um, I think it's a great quest to have unbreakable faith as we trust in the God that we serve that is uh, true and he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. And even if we can't feel it in the moment, uh, we know there's something bigger and better in the long scheme and in the kingdom purposes that he has for us. So thank you for sharing that, for living that and for giving us an opportunity to speak to that. <laughs> <laughs>